Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, you know, not too bad, not too bad. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear. What? Who is, uh, who's, who's that? That? Oh. Oh, there's someone else here. I, it's a very small room. How did we not notice before? I, I don't know. Well, Ca- Camouflage? It is true. It, it, there's a bit of a camo thing going on right now. Well, I'd like to introduce the special guest in the room. That's Lindsay Daphne. Yay! Um, it's pronounced Lindsay <laughs> Daphne. Adam. I apologize. We've been friends for a long time. I'm working on it. <laughs> Lindsay is a comedian. She's our friend. And we are super stoked that she's here tonight with us at the Halifax Public Library. That's our second so special nice. guest. Welcome, welcome to the show. How does it feel to be in this tiny red room? It's weird. This it, is not what I expected at all. No. What did you expect? A table. A table. No, there's no tables. No table. I expected all of the chairs to have backs. Nope. Only one. I did not expect murder, blood, colored walls. That is the Benjamin Moore paint color. <laughs> murder, blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Lighting's not so great, but we're making it work. No. It's horrible lighting. It is really bad lighting. Fortunately, this is an audio medium. <laughs> but what temperature was it when we came in? 69 degrees. Just for you. It's part of your rider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Murder red blood walls. Right. <laughs> and very... 69 degrees Fahrenheit. Right. It was 69.0. Like, right. it was precisely 69 degrees. Yeah, I'm seeing it's working its way up to 71. It just turned to 71. Mm, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is to be expected on this fiery podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so we invited Lindsay to come chat with us today, uh, and we're going to just talk about a bunch of stuff and, uh, you know, do the usual. Yeah. Right, Lisa? See what happens. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, you brought some homework yeah, with I'm, you. Speaking of fired up, I am fired <laughs> up uh, because we're all, we're, we're doomed. <laughs> okay. Uh, if the octopus rant from last podcast didn't convince you, I have further evidence that that humankind is destined to fail as a species because uh, back uh, about a month ago now, March 7th, in a just recently rebranded newspaper that was then called the Metro Halifax. What is it now? Uh, Not to get off topic, but I just don't uh, well, know. Well, this Toronto Star owns it, so it's Star Metro Halifax. What? And it's yeah. all blue and white like the Toronto Star. Oh. But like Star Metro is one word. There's not even a space. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrifying. Grammatically, it's distressing. Yeah. And the initials are now SMH, <laughs> which I don't know if I don't, I still don't know thing? if that means shaking my head or so much hate. <laughs> I, oh, I Googled that today. I know. But it was a slightly different version of it. There was a fourth letter. Oh, the D. Shaking my, my damn, damn head. damn head. Yeah. So much my damn d- hate. <laughs> See? You don't know which one. And in any context, it could be either one. Well, if you're a writer or work at the... <laughs> SMH. SMH. Contact us. Tell us what it means, because we don't know. Yeah. 
But anyway, I digress. So, yeah. Um, query. Who here has ever bought bread? I've bought bread. Me. Yeah. yeah. I've pretty much only bought bread. <laughs> Who among you owns a freezer? I do. doesn't yeah. work great, but I do. Yeah, your freezer sucks. It sucks. Mine's great. You ever put your bread in it? Almost always. I don't. You don't? Okay, this one's for you, Lindsay. <laughs> it tastes funny when you put it in the freezer. If it's in there for too long, it does. Freezer burn has that effect. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the, like, the majority of people understood that freezer technology is a thing that we mostly have access to mm -hmm. in this part of the world. Um, but... Uh, this regular, I don't want to call her a columnist because I don't think this is a column, but <laughs> whatever, writer for Metro nationally, not it more locally. more of a row than a column? It's very short. Right. It's 175 words. Right. Provides us with a life hack. It's, it's called that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm always skeptical of life hacks because some of them are kind of dubious and a waste of time. <laughs> this is just added to the pile. Mm -hmm. The problem she says. There's nothing better than eating fresh bread right out of the bakery's oven. After the first day, the taste and texture begins declining rapidly. <laughs> How can you hold on to freshness for longer? <laughs> the hack. <laughs> you can have fresh bread whenever you like by freezing it right away. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> You can have frozen, thawed-out bread yes. whenever you like. You cannot have fresh bread after it's been frozen, but well, let's proceed. Tossing your leftover loaf in the freezer whole won't do you any good. You'll have to thaw the entire thing to be able to slice it. I was literally, I just clicked my pen to write down, tell them about whole loaves. Whole loaves? Because I've made the mistake. I learned. And also whole bagels. It's useless. Put a whole bagel in the freezer. Just throw in the garbage. Oh. Well, you can let it thaw, though. No. But no. <laughs> I mean, the point could. remains. The point remains. Slice your bread before you put it in the freezer. Um, but here's where it gets... Here's where it gets ridiculous. Further ridiculous. <laughs> Don't just slice and freeze, either. The bread will stick together in a frozen lump. So what I imagine <laughs> is that she has visualized somebody stuffing a loaf of bread so tightly into their freezer that it's squished. Right. And this does happen. Mm -hmm. But you have to wait three and a half, maybe five seconds for the warm air to get at it and then just pop right apart. Mm -hmm. That's not her solution. <laughs> the best way to freeze bread for maximum freshness, but in my mind, like least convenience, <laughs> in the future is to slice the loaf Within the first 24 hours, mm -hmm. place, too much math. <laughs> <laughs> place the slices in one layer on a baking sheet lined with parchment paper and put it in the freezer until frozen solid. Ensure the slices don't touch to prevent freezing together. When the bread is frozen, swap the bread from the baking sheet to the freezer bags and place back in the freezer. You've got easy slices to grab for toasting or defrosting. <laughs> Who, in their right mind, would go through that just to freeze sliced bread? That was in a national newspaper. First of all, I'm not buying bread that I need to slice myself. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I can't even make ice cubes that don't taste like hot dog freezer burn. <laughs> 
like <laughs> casserole leftovers. I'm not going to put open faced bread in there and expose it to the same fumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. My other question is. Who has room for a whole baking sheet in their freezer? I have a chest freezer, and I don't have, like, I would have to put it on two sheets, like, move a bunch of stuff around to make it flat enough Mm. so that they could sit next to each other. And even that, I don't think two cookie sheets would hold an entire loaf of bread. No. I have room in mine. Mine's only, it's literally just ice cream (laughs) in my freezer. What kind of ice cream? There's a few different types. My favorite is that mango stuff from PC. Oh. It's like coconut milk mango ice cream. Mm. That sounds and delightful. And it's like $6, so when it goes on sale, I buy like 12 <laughs> So there's a few of those in there. I really got onto that like craze, the internet craze with the Halo ice cream recently. I've heard about this. Horrible. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it tastes like diet ice cream. Isn't that, that what disgusting. it is? Yeah. Yeah. That's disappointing. I have a jar. Just checking. <laughs> I have a jar of cookie butter from Trader Joe's in my cupboard that I had picked Trader up Joe's. a while ago when I was in the states, mm-hmm. and I've been saving it because I didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I know you can just eat it with a spoon, but I thought there's got to be something I can do. So I've been eating it on pretzels, which is good. Mm. But that became a nightly habit, and I ran out of pretzels. <laughs> but somebody suggested putting it on ice cream. And I thought that just sounds like a bigger nightly problem than the pretzels were. And someone suggested the halo ice cream because it's not as not as unhealthy. But if it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to waste a perfect no. good jar of cookie butter on it. I mean, I think it's popular with the soccer moms. Like, they all love it. But as someone who actually likes ice cream. And dislikes, and dislikes soccer. I dislike soccer. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate, well... I bought five tubs of it, like five different flavors. I wanted to see if it was good. Yeah. It wasn't. I no. finished every single tub, <laughs> not but because is, it was good. It's no. very scientific of you, though. I appreciate you doing all that research. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was like five out of ten. So I would definitely eat it again, but I wouldn't buy it again. Yeah. Noted. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we have that off our chest... Yes, thank you for letting me vent. <laughs> I think it's important to bring things to the table that are frustrating to us. And, I, hey, you know, I hate a life hack as much as the next guy. I do love what, clicking through those stupid Dipley articles that are, like, mostly just ads for Viagra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I got to get – because it's always the picture that's, like, the thing you click is always the last thing in it, so you always have to yeah. go all the way through. Always. But, but yeah, now that we have that – out there, mm-hmm. um, and we kind of have a little bit about ourselves. Um, yeah, we just thought we'd come and chat a little more. Um, the last time we had a guest, we talked with Megan McDowell, who's another queer comedian in the city, and we just talked about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, but we talked about being a queer comedian and kind of what that looks like. Um, and so, yeah, we thought we'd you know bring another cool person that uh, is one of the two people, I, three people that I text. Um, and, and yeah, we thought we'd, you know, chat. So thank you for coming and joining us. Let's chat. (laughs) (laughs) Are there prepared topics? No, no, no. No. We're just, we're just, yeah, we're just opening the mouths until something important comes out of them. Well, we, well, so me and you put shows on. Yes. That's the main thing comedy related that we do. Together, yes. Together, yeah. We put these shows on Seahorse. 
Um, we've put a couple on so far. Lisa's been on both of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's, and we also do shows with, um, we've traveled to Fredericton a couple times and do uh, done some shows with our friends, uh, Maggie and Mary up there. On their show called Human Butts. Which is a great <laughs> name for nuts. a show. It's a great uh, name. It's <laughs> arguably one of the best names. And uh, so that's kind of like where you're coming from, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to like put you on the spot, but um, as far as like, you know, being a queer comedian in Halifax or kind of being a person in the city doing stuff, you know, what is how's how's that been? I guess is my question. Well, I don't have much experience yet. I realized after our last show at the Seahorse, when everyone killed it except for me and I was like oh this is great I'm the weakest link kind of on this show that I'm co-hosting and it made me realize that I've really only done stand-up like less than 10 times and yet here I am like hosting shows Mm -hmm. so it's been interesting I would say for sure like trying to get out there and like get on shows and co-host shows Mm -hmm. but you're like you do a lot of other stuff like you've been I mean we've been friends for a long time and the core of that friendship is comedy. Like we, the the main reason we're friends, I think, is because we're both funny people that find each other funny. Yeah, I didn't say it wasn't funny. No. I just said <laughs> I've been experienced. <laughs> but I think about I think I when I think about you and being funny, I think about like your Twitter, for example, which is what. Oh yeah, I throw it down on Twitter. It's um, how how do you say it? At, at? I think it's at. Yeah, at. I was gonna say at symbol. It's at symbol. <laughs> Y H Z Lindsay L I N D S A Y. Yeah. There's some pretty good jokes on there. There's some great jokes on there. I get like 12 likes each tweet, so Whoa. that's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty good. And I admire that because I, as everyone who listens to this podcast, that handful of people, uh, and both of you know, I tell long, rambly stories that <laughs> maybe lead to a funny conclusion. I can't seem to do the quick little. Hundred and how many characters do you get on Twitter now? More than hundred and forty. I think it's two hundred. Did they double it? Something? I think they doubled it. Yeah, hundred and forty times two. A relative handful. Carry the three. Six hundred. Six hundred. Yeah, you get six hundred <laughs> words now. Six hundred words, right? It's in words. It's an essay. Yes. It's an essay. You. It's a short form essay. Six paragraphs total. Hundred words a paragraph. So this should be right up Lisa's alley. <laughs> <laughs> But but I know what you mean. I'm, I'm and and that's why I, what I kind of admire not what I kind of admire. One of the many things <laughs> I admire about you, Lisa, is being able to tell longer jokes because I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. It's brave because you have to wait long for that laugh. Sometimes it feels like a long time. Yeah, and there's I, little I, ones that you can kind of pepper throughout mm-hmm. just to keep people's attention. But uh, like little one-liners are not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So. Adam's good at one-liners. Yeah. I think I'm in the middle. I like a little bit of a story, but I can't go too long because then I start to doubt myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, mean, that, I think that's the thing about t- like telling stories that are any length is like you're not getting that instant feedback of like, that's mm-hmm. a funny thing, that's a funny thing. Because anytime I tell something that's like any length, I'm so terrified. Yeah. But And the only ones that actually ever go well are like the longer ones that I've been doing for a very long time. Because I know them really well and I know where the laughs are, so I can mm-hmm. expect them. But when I'm trying to do, I tried, <laughs> I tried to do a whole set one night um, about getting in a 
like a back and forth with a fake Anne Marie account on Twitter. I remember that. <laughs> that was amazing. It's a funny interaction, but like the way I was doing it, it just tanked. And it was, I just wasn't, I didn't have it prepared enough and I wasn't confident enough. And I think that's where like you guys both maybe have a similarity where you do have like more of a plan when you're going up where I'm like, I can't seem to get my hand around it. I just kind of go. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have to practice big time. Mm-hmm. But I think the confidence thing, if you're confident, you can sell anything. But I've mm-hmm. had experiences where I know the joke is good, but I lose my confidence halfway through. And because I'm not confident, I'm not telling the joke. Even I'm telling it the exact same way I would if I was going up there like really into myself. Mm-hmm. But you don't get the laughs because people can sense that you don't even like your own joke. So why would I give you a laugh? Mm-hmm. And I think the crowd plays a big part of that, too, because I think, oh, yeah, yeah, we did a show um, that was like for a pride week. Um, but the audience ended up being like primarily like kind of like straight folks that were just in the bar. And so that was when we, we went together. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of one of those experiences where like we I think we both kind of had the same experience where like we were confident what we were doing. But um, the audience not that, not that straight people don't understand our, our jokes because lots of them do. <laughs> so, <No>. so, <laughs> they do, mostly do. Um, but it's just like that expectation of like, I think a lot of times people think a, a straighter, uh, like a queer crowd for us is going to be really easy. And even if it's not going to be easy, we have that kind of mindset mm-hmm. and we're kind of less n- nervous about it. I knew that show was going to be bad, like the Pride Week show that ended up being only straight people in the audience when when they came in and tried to haggle the cover price. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is, I'm done. What yeah. was this is the not cover good. price? Like $6. Oh, jeez. I think it, it was, was 7 good. and they were trying to haggle the 6 <laughs> to be very to be 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, if I can remember correctly. That reminds um, me of my mother used to get a real kick out of people who would haggle at flea markets mm. for items that were marked at $2 and they'd want to only pay a dollar. Yeah. And if my mom was working at the community table or whatever, she'd just like, well, why don't they just take it? Because we're not, it's a <laughs> fundraiser and they're haggling. It's not about the money. It's about the power. Perhaps you're right. Yeah. I haven't been to a flea market in a long time. Nor have I. Oh, I went to a flea market last year when we were cleaning out my grandmother's condo. Hmm. She's alive. She's just a hoarder. So we were like cleaning (laughs) a bunch of stuff out. And my cousins and I were all there at this like table with all of our grandparents like stuff. And we had this giant box of Playboy magazines because my grandfather had a subscription for like 50 years or Hmm. something. So we were like selling off all of his Playboy, and that was the nastiest thing that we got hag- like the price haggled on was just these creeps talking to me and my like twelve year old cousin to be like, "Uh, can we get like four for ten or like just really <laughs> oh, nasty no. stuff?" Hag- haggling for the price of your grandfather's Playboys is an incredible sentence. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad I heard. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good. How much did you get for them? I don't remember. I really blocked it out. I don't like to spend time with my family, so that was like not a good <laughs> experience. Yeah, that's fair. So why did you two start running these comedy shows here in Halifax? Do you want to take that? Oh, sure. Thanks. <laughs> um, 
I think that we started them because there wasn't anything like this happening yet on a regular or consistent basis. There definitely have been like queer themed comedy shows before, but nothing that was like ongoing. And I know that Adam has done quite a bit of the open mics in the city and has a lot of experience there and has made a lot of connections with the other comics. But I, well, I wasn't sure if I actually wanted to do stand up. So I did it a couple times just for fun to like cross it off a list or whatever. And then I like really liked it and I really felt good after I was doing it. And I was pretty good at it like from the beginning. And so I thought maybe I will just do it a couple times a year, like when Adam will host a show or whatever. Um, but it turned into something more. And so I haven't done like the traditional route. I haven't like gone through like the ranks. I haven't done the open mics, but I think that's partially because I like, like we were just talking about, I like queer audiences and I really like kind of the comfort that comes with that. Cause I know that comedy can be like really hard and it's actually extremely vulnerable to get up on stage and like tell jokes and kind of lay it all out there and hope for the best. And so I don't know, maybe like maybe only doing it, doing it, maybe only performing to queer audiences is like just a real comfort thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it wasn't something that was happening and we thought we're funny, we're friends, we can host stuff. We know people will come. So yeah, we just put it together and the first couple were hits and people have been like really into them and they've been well attended. So yeah, we decided to make it like a, I don't know, four or five times a year or more if people are going to mm-hmm. come. One thing that we've been doing that we've both really been enjoying is getting new people. And so mm-hmm. it's like getting people who have never done comedy before to do sets. And that's been a really positive experience too. Um, we haven't had that many people through, but we've only run two shows so far. We have another one coming up in May and then one in uh, July. Um, But we try to have new people kind of just to give them a stage to to give it a shot, you know, because I know like the first time I did stand up was at the Queer Acts um, Theater Festival. Um, They have like a promo night, like a couple months out of the festival. And uh, a couple years ago, I got asked to perform in that because people people knew I wanted to start, but I just hadn't actually made the move. Um, and I did that, and it was so much fun. I loved it mm-hmm. so much, and I had a lot of really positive feedback. And so, I just wanted to give that experience to other people because I know um, it's it's scary to start mm-hmm. to start doing to start doing comedy, especially you know if you're you, you just don't know anybody. You know, if you're not connected with certain communities or certain groups of folks, like it can be really tricky to to do that. And so, like you know, we're not saying that we're like you know, these like saviors or whatever, but just no, like, not just all. trying to like be like nice and kind and give people chances. And, um, the people we've put on so far have been so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Lisa. <laughs> but they've been real highlights of the show. And one, one real benefit to having and another benefit for us for, for bringing new people is they bring lots of people. And so that's really good because that means there's a big crowd and that means people are going to mm-hmm. get a response and, and, and yeah, and we've had like a really, um, it's been really fun working with, with the venue I've been working with and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just been a really fun time and I, I, I like it a lot and I like working with Lindsay. I like working with Lindsay a lot. I'm I, like really great, so. You are, <laughs> but you're a great person. I mean, the two of you, you the, these two projects, the shows I put on with you and the podcast I do with you are basically the only things that I actually follow through on in my life. So <laughs> I need that, 
help to kind of... Lisa and I run tight ships, and yeah, you're just along for the ride. <laughs> it's true. I'm just like a tugboat that's just getting drug along most of the time. But I need that sometimes to like get myself kickstarted, and I do appreciate that <laughs> um, from from the both of you. And and so it's been super fun working you know, with that kind of group of people. And also the comics we work with that are not not new 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 comics, but people that are like just around the scene. Um, we get a really good response from them, and I really love just getting to see those folks. And it's just nice to do something different because there is quite a tight knit comedy crew in the city that's been doing what they're doing forever, and they're good at it, and they're hosting shows, and like they're well known, and you know that like some of them are touring and they're doing their thing or whatever, but it's a little different than what I wanted to be doing. And I thought instead of like going in, trying to change something that's already working well for this like big group of people, why not just do my own thing Mm -hmm. and start something different? And so that's why I think it's interesting because I don't think that the shows that we're doing are even in competition with these other shows. I think we're both just kind of existing Mm -hmm. and like doing our own thing and having our own successes which is why I think, I don't know. I think it's really great because I don't feel like me as a newcomer who hasn't kind of like gone through the process that most stand-up comics do, I don't really feel like I'm stepping on anybody's toes because I'm just like kind of over in the corner doing my own thing, mm-hmm. kind of leaving people alone. Yeah. Yeah. I feel much the same way because I'm, I'm like you in that way, Lindsay. Like I haven't, I've only done stand-up now th- three times for a public audience all it shows that either the two of you or Adam have organized. <laughs> so, yeah, there's probably something in the back of my mind that's thinking, like, am I doing this right? Because I, have, I haven't I have even attended more than a couple of the, the weekly comedy shows in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gone to them enough that I feel like, I don't know if this is for me. I do want to try it just to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. But having performed for the first time at the Queer Act's launch comedy show Mm -hmm. that you did back in june of last year right that was my first time and it was the theme of the yeah Yeah. show which was very fitting um just having that comfort level with Mm -hmm. okay i'm going to know a bunch of my friends are going to show up so Mm -hmm. i'll know those people in the room and just because of the community and being involved with queer acts i know that audience yeah and I know I'm not going to totally bomb, and mm-hmm. that audience is there to laugh. They've paid money. Yeah, they're not just being caught off guard mm-hmm. at a like what happened, to you guys, <laughs> at a pride show, and there were a bunch of straight people who wandered into the the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. <laughs> and tried yeah. to haggle the price. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of okay with that because it is a different. It's not that it's a different style necessarily. It's still stand-up, but it's a slightly different approach um, for a particular audience. And there's, like, based on the crowds and what I've heard from people Mm -hmm. after both of the the shows you've organized, there's a demand for it. Yeah. And that was the the, the first-timer show that we did that was your first time. Um, That show, I was shocked that people came. Not that people came, but, like, I don't go – I don't leave the house a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and so, like, when people show up, when people en masse show up to something, I'm just, like, I'm really moved by it. Like, I really appreciate when I do something or when I plan something or whatever that people come to because, like, it's a lot to leave your house. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us leave our houses a lot. No. Like. I like to. I just don't get out much. <laughs> but, but I think that's also part of the reason that, um, for me, the idea of trying to break in, quote, unquote, yeah. to the 
the comedy scene in the city, in any city, is daunting to me because mm -hmm. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So the idea of having to network and go up and talk to the people who are hosting the shows and figuring out the logistics of how do you get on a list and all, that's just, even it's now so that I've done it, it's intimidating. Yeah, for sure. And like that's like people coming to that show and like everybody that was in that show being so great really made me be like, oh, maybe we should like think about this more so because like it was me and my friend Nolan who we were like the comedians in residence for the uh, the Queer X Comedy or the not Comedy Festival Queer X Theater Festival that year and so part of our like residency in the festival was to throw this comedy show. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of just like, we'll do it. Like, it'll be fun. We'll get like 20 people and whatever. We ended up like packing the house. Pack, yeah. It was like people were standing in the a hallway to like sit, watch the show. Everybody was great. And I was like, I want to do more of this. Like, you know, like I, I like going and like working on new material and doing stuff at, at, at all kinds of different shows. But I really have a, I feel so good after we do these shows together because everybody's just so like, N nice and grateful that mm -hmm. we're doing something different yeah but that show that's the one that inspired us to start doing our own shows because if yeah. we thought if we could hold shows like this and people will come and we have so much fun and they're successful like we'd be really stupid to miss out on that yeah yeah totally you were both kind of been talking about like i've also kind of like had a hard time with like the legitimacy like feeling legitimate in as I like calling myself, even calling myself a comedian. Um, Cause like, I don't, I didn't know at what point that is a thing you are, you know, like I was like writing a bio for something and I hadn't done comedy yet, but I was like, I just want to put it in because like, I'm gonna, so <laughs> it's going to be accurate in like a week or two. And then now I'm like, I have like a little website that has like Adam, my comedian on it. And like, there's a Facebook page you can like, mm -hmm. and that feels weird, but also like, I feel okay about it now. Like I wouldn't have felt okay about it any earlier, but I'm starting to become, I'm starting to feel okay because of the response we're getting for, for the stuff we're doing. Yeah. But also the response you're getting on your own too. Like you're doing some big shows mm -hmm. and like yeah. you're making a name for yourself. People definitely know who you are. So I feel like it's, it's legit to call yourself a comedian now. Yeah. I think, I think at this point I'm, it's fine. I certainly wouldn't call myself a comedian yet, but <laughs> I really support you for calling yourself one. <laughs> well, we, we call you a comedian <laughs> because I think that looks like a lot of different ways. I mean, I think, when people, I, I've known I've known a lot of people that like I don't know to have done stand up, but like refer to themselves as comedians, and I'm like, great, because I think, <laughs> I mean, I think, I don't know, I think funny people are funny people. I mean, they just haven't got on the stage yet. On stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be part of somebody's identity, I suppose. Yeah. And maybe it's once I've had the same struggle, done mm. it, having done it a whopping three times <laughs> all um, three times were great yeah they true. went pretty well but i've had other people call me comedians right not plural <laughs> <laughs> i've had other people call me a comedian yeah. who i didn't know right and it happened to me like a couple of maybe a month and a half ago i was in a line for something and the person behind me said oh you're the comedian and i didn't know they were i thought right. they were talking about somebody else and i'm like looking around like who, who what comedian <laughs> yeah and they had been to the show in February, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a comedian, but I don't know if I actually am. I think I, I just mean, got up on a stage and told jokes, but well, that's what it is. That's the definition. That's the thing. I guess. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. So we're all comedians. Yeah, is what we decided. Maybe it's because we're we have imposter syndrome. That could be probably. Why. 
Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Because I really struggle with it. And I really struggle with like, okay, I've done stand up enough times now. And like, I'm working towards it. I want to do it more. I'm hosting these shows with Adam. Like, I'm very clearly going through the motions. Mm -hmm. But why do I not feel confident enough to say, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is like me as a person. Yeah. Well, I think also like the, the kind of person that gets on a comedy stage is kind of like us. Like, I think the average comedian are, yeah. deeply inside is somewhat kind of like us, like a bit introverted, a little anxious, like not really sure what's going on and taking all of that and turning it into jokes to diffuse situations. I know that's... Well, the self-deprecation is yeah. the, that's the best yeah. for most people or for yeah. a lot of my favorite comics anyway. That's the that's the theme. Yeah. So and it I, makes sense. And I think you just have to like fake it till you make it most of the time with this stuff. <laughs> like... Yeah. You just got to like shake shake hands and be like Lisa Buchanan, comedian. Like <laughs> That's all We you do, can do have business cards for the podcast. That's true, we do have business cards. Uh And I business suppose cards. each episode yeah. of this sort of counts. Like we're not doing bits here or doing sets, we're just talking, yeah. but we end up saying some funny things. Yeah. So. And also we do bits for people in our real lives. Totally. Like my therapist who I pay money, I'm mostly just doing jokes. Like and that's <laughs> you need a new therapist. That's here's the thing. Because you get your money back. You leave back. your therapist's office like mm, that was so great. She's so proud of me. No, <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to. You're supposed to leave crying, questioning everything. Everybody's mad dirty. at your parents. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically already all of those things. So <laughs> like I don't need help with that. Um, yeah, I just need someone to pat me on the back and be like, it's it's everything's great. You're like killing it. That was so good. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, we all kind of like, I know a lot of times I like, I definitely diffuse situations with humor. Yeah. And so I think that's been my training. It was like having kind of like a rocky relationship with a lot of people, that being the way to make it less that way. I don't know. Is that, yeah. Is that familiar? Anything I don't really want to deal with, I make a joke about. Yeah. Or I don't know how to deal with, or I just would rather not. And it could be little things. I just remembered last week at work, it's a long story, but basically one of my coworkers said, the person who replaces you doing this task has big shoes to fill. And instead of saying, great, thank you. That's a nice compliment. You know, I, I thought I was doing a good job. Great. That's good. I said, literally, I wear a size 11 wide. <laughs> and he was just silent and had no idea what to say. And then that was it. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because I couldn't just accept a compliment. Oh, I'm terrible <laughs> with compliments. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at giving them because I'm worse at receiving them. <laughs> I love compliments. I could never get sick of compliments, but I just don't want to have to reply. I just yeah, want them difficult. thrown at me. Just keep them coming. <laughs> literally never stop. But I don't want to A, give them back, or B, acknowledge them. Right. That's... <laughs> That's a complex, right? Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> one of, of my complexes. <laughs> so you have a show coming up in the month of May, correct? Mm -hmm. Are you working on anything? Can we get a preview of some <laughs> jokes? Yeah, I'm working it out. I At the last show, I didn't do a full set, and I so I'm really excited to do an actual full set this time. Um so there's a few things that I'm working on. The first thing I just got permission to talk about today from my mother. She said I had to change her name in the story. So 
we'll call her Samantha, I guess. <laughs> um, I went to her house, like, this is not the joke. This is, like, what's going on that I want to turn into a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to her house, like, a month ago, and I'm standing in her bedroom, and she's like, what do you think is in there? And she points to this, like, Sobeys bag that's, like, full of something but tied off. And my mom's, like, oldish, so I was like, I don't know, a pair of pea-soaked underwear? <laughs> and she was like, close. And I was like, oh, that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, pea-soaked pants? Bed sheets? Like, I keep listing things off. And she's like, mm, no, not quite. It's a diaper. And I was like, why are you wearing diapers? I didn't think you needed them yet. And so she explains to me that she started testing out diapers in case she ever needed one when she got older. <laughs> and so she like she worked from home one day specifically. I don't know why she didn't just do it on the weekend. <laughs> she worked from home. Why waste a weekend? <laughs> well, she specifically wanted to be sitting down. Right. Which all she does is watch TV, so I don't know again why she had to do a work day. So she worked from home, put a diaper on, put a towel down, got dressed, and sat at the kitchen table and worked and peed twice in the diaper, two full adult pees, (laughs) and didn't change it, just to monitor what would happen. Because she likes to be in control. She likes to know what's going on. And I thought that was very weird and very gross. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm also going to take some on my trip. And so she's currently in Europe right now on this cruise. But my mom is not a cultured lady. We're not a cultured family. <laughs> like we can't spell most European countries. Like we <laughs> she has no business being over there. But she took them with her because she was worried that she won't be able to speak the language in any of the countries. And so <laughs> she didn't want to bother asking about a washroom. She just wanted to go in her pants instead. <laughs> and so she texted me uh the other day she was in she was at the vatican she wore (laughs) a diaper (laughs) to the vatican and this was like on day four of the trip or something and she texted me and said i finally used a diaper at the vatican she peed at the pope's house i assume it's his house that's just his his domain i don't know anyway she peed on the pope Long story short. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, she she gave me permission today. I was supposed to change her name, so I, maybe I Mommy shouldn't call Samantha. her mom. <laughs> Mommy Samantha. That's sick. That's pretty sick. I felt bad after saying that. Anyway, so I think I actually don't need to work on that joke that much. Yeah, it's pretty good. Just tell it as it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I was at home tonight. And I'm I started writing a joke based on just a genuine thought that I had, and all I all I'm kind of working on so far is basically just you know it's important I think it's a good idea to like get back on the job hunt um, if you are sincerely considering which natural disasters you'd be willing to live through uh, instead of going to work the next day. And so it's like I was like I oh, you know a hurricane wouldn't be that bad. Hurricane <laughs> would be okay tomorrow. I would be I'd do a hurricane, but uh, anyway. So I was really hoping for a snow day, but it did not pull through. I had fun during Hurricane Juan. Why? I don't know. It was no school for like a week. That's true. No power. It was like camping. And I was also young enough that I was dumb enough to not care. Right. 
my house was the only house in the street that had a dug well. Um, now, a dug well versus a drilled well, quick, quick well lesson. <laughs> uh, a dug well is the wide well that you can open and look in. A drilled well oh, is a tube. Oh, Timmy can fall into Timmy it. can fall in the dug well. Timmy can't fall in a drilled well. And we had a dug. Everyone else had drilled. So you need a pump, electricity, to use the drilled one. Mm-hmm. You only need a bucket to use the dug one. Mm-hmm. And so I spent most of Hurricane Juan... Crapping in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't follow the dots for that end of the story. <laughs> no, I just heard wells, and then I was like, why is Adam telling two <laughs> lesbians about wells? I think we know enough about this. Thank you. <laughs> I spent the whole week of Hurricane... Or whatever, two weeks, whatever it was, of Hurricane Juan, pulling buckets of water out of the well. Mm-hmm. Um for other people because we were the only place that had any water at all. Hmm. So, yeah. So you didn't crap in a bucket. I don't remember what happened. No, if you were pulling water from the well, you'd be filling the toilet tank right. with the water. That's you right. You know why I know this and subsequently know a lot about wells, <laughs> or as we also know a lot about wells, um, a bit that I'm going to work on probably in the longer term, not for May, mm-hmm. um, is about my experience at Christmas this past year. Um, which was spent at my sister's house in Porter's Lake. Mm. They have a drilled well. Right. <laughs> Power went out right. on Christmas Day. If you were around, you may recall. Um, so f- three toilets on the premises, mm-hmm. three flushes. <laughs> mm. We did not know when the power was coming back. And as you both know, and I think our listeners know, because mm. I've talked about it, I've had some gastrointestinal issues in the past. So... I don't have those issues now. In fact, things run, the trains run on time. (laughs) So if the toilet's not available, it makes me super uncomfortable. Add to that the fact that the house was filling with smoke from the pellet stove that had kicked back in when the power briefly came back on. So I've got this thing that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. At first I was super angry that it had happened because I was really stressed through the whole situation. So I think I'm going to need to give it until the next Christmas show to talk about how Mm -hmm. I'm lucky to be alive. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there's something there. uh, Your well comment triggered. But I've also, (laughs) in the shorter term, have some shorter things that I'm trying to work through about my inability uh, and attempts at relaxing (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah because i'm not good at it yeah. physically or mentally mm-hmm. my neck and shoulders are mm-hmm. always tight and my mind is always thinking about octopuses taking over uh the well. life hacks about freezing yeah. bread <laughs> the well the carbon monoxide in the air all this sort of stuff um but i went to i i've had a few attempts at like trying to put myself in relaxing situations. So when I was flying to Europe a couple of years ago, I went to the Blue Lagoon in Reykjavik because I flew with Iceland Air. It's like this spa that's capitalizing on the natural hot springs all over Iceland. And I thought it'd be a nice way to kind of ease myself into (laughs) vacation, get into vacation mode. And then I realized that because the water is only waist deep, Mm -hmm. everybody is duck walking around (laughs) the water. Trying trying to find the warm spot, which is the opposite of what you normally want to do in a public right. bathing situation. <laughs> it was very confusing. Uh, so there's that coupled with uh, the time that I thought that it would be a good idea to try to read Vir- Virginia Woolf's book, Mrs. Dalloway, mm-hmm. on the beach. Mm. It's not a relaxing book. And right. I don't know how to get through like providing all the context for the m- majority of the audience who won't have read 
Mrs. Dalloway because it's like a stream of consciousness I've story tried about some traumatized people. Yeah, it's not re- a beach read. Is the <laughs> the punchline? The fr- that reminds me of the first flight I ever took in my entire life. I brought two books with me. Those books were Eating Animals, which is a book about uh, eating animals. But the section I was at was about factory farms. Oh, so there was that. And the other book that I re- brought was this book called Night, which is a first-person account of the Holocaust. <laughs> and I didn't think about it before I took the flight. And so it was a long flight, and that's all I had to read. <laughs> it was a horrible, horrible flight. Wow. Book choices. Yeah, if you don't know what a book is about, it's you know it's hard to know whether it's appropriate plane, vacation, beach. Well, I'm about halfway through each. You may be each. new in so. that, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I should have known. Maybe it was because you hadn't been on a plane before and you didn't know what mindset you would actually want to be in. You're right. Mm. Factory Farms of the Holocaust. Yeah, most people pick up Us Weekly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lighter fare. <laughs> So for our laughs of the week, I, I'm under the impression that Lisa's brought a dramatic reading, of something. Yes. To I share. I'm taking advantage of the fact that there's another lesbian in the room so that right. we can do a reading, of something I read about today on the internet, courtesy of a uh, website uh, that some of you will have heard of called Autostraddle. It's sort of like <laughs> the lesbian hub of the internet. I right. think is how I would describe it. Anyway, they were recommending this little webcomic, which is called My Two Lesbian Ants, but ants is spelled A-N-T-S. Mm-hmm. So not aunts, as some people insist on pronouncing the I say aunt. sister of your... You say aunt? Yeah. I'm classy. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are not aunts. These are ants, for sure. Um, it's by an artist named Lisa Franklin. Good first name. Um, and this one, it, you can follow my two lesbian aunts on Instagram and I think also on Twitter. And I thought that this one caught my attention because it was highlighted in the article. So I printed it off at work and added it to my comic strip collection that I keep at my desk. Mm-hmm. It's number 59. And um, Lindsay will be reading the part of the one aunt in this, this four panel comic who has wings. Yeah, I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really method. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, so we we pick up sort of in mid-conversation uh, with this little group of ants. So that's my latest crush disaster. Angie, are you sure she is queer? You know, folks keep asking me that about the ants I like. It's actually very flattering to assume heterosexuality is the problem and not my face or personality. <laughs> Uh, and that just it made me chuckle and it hit kind of close to home right (laughs) see i looked at that comic when you sent it to me and i didn't get it until you read it (laughs) 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 so it is quite funny (laughs) i love that uh so Lindsay, what is your uh your laugh of the week my laugh of the week is actually my laughing at myself because I'm an idiot of the week. Right. Um, <laughs> it's a new segment. <laughs> it doesn't really quite slide off the tongue, but... Yeah. Um, slide right off that tongue. <laughs> Is that the same? Roll no, off roll the tongue. tongue. Slide right off. <laughs> I don't know why. If it's slippery, I guess it would slide. If yeah. it's rolly, I guess it'll round. I guess it'll, it'll, it'll round. Roll. Yeah, I don't know. 
Hard to say. <laughs> I'm not a words person, but words, no. <laughs> but you say aunt, so there's that. Yeah, I also say garage instead of garage. Garage. And my fa- like my family's hillbillies. I think I say garage, garage. but I say aunt. You're an aunt. enigma. I am. Like my family, my grandmother says something like, "Well, I ain't never heard tell of that before." So mm. how do I go from that to my aunt has a garage? <laughs> <laughs> Your aunt having a garage is very fancy. (laughs) Anyway, I got a little off track there. My laugh of the week was, it happened earlier today when I was buying two tickets to see Maria Bamford, actually, Mm -hmm. um, for Adam and I. We're going to drive to Portland, Maine and see her. Um, But a weird option on the Ticketmaster website was like, (laughs) click here if you allow, I don't know, some cruise website that I actually recognize. So it wasn't just like a random, like, we sell cruises for free.com. It was like <laughs> actually like a something I had heard about. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll click yes to that. Not thinking anything would happen. I thought it would be like junk mail with like coupons for cruises. But almost instantly, I got a text message saying, thanks for signing up to talk to our cruise expert. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And then I got two emails from this cruise expert. And then I got a phone call from a phone number that was like VR469. Like, so I didn't think it was a phone number. So I answered it because I always answer those phone numbers and just to see what's going on. And so I was like, hello? And she's like, hello, it's Joyce calling from cruise whatever. I'm calling about your complimentary cruise. And I'm usually not someone who gets fooled by <laughs> the fake cruise. Racket. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of those lately. It's like the... <laughs> all is the captain speaking. <laughs> yeah. It is never the captain. That no. is a voice actor. No. Anyway. So this woman's talking to me and I'm just like, yeah, okay, Joyce. Like, this sounds like a racket. And then she's like... No, the reason that we offer these promotions on Ticketmaster is because we have like half full cruises and we don't want it to be half full, blah, blah, blah. So like, okay, that sounds legit. Okay, I'll get behind this. So I listened to her and she's like, who would you take on your cruise? And I was like, I don't know. I'm single. I would take maybe one of my friends. She's like, yeah, girls trip. So she got me like really excited. (laughs) And she was like, just asking me what I like to do for fun. And she's like, we have comedians on the ship. And I was like, I think that sounds great. Mm. And I was like, what's the catch, Joyce? And she's like, well, you just have to pay the port fees. And I was like, okay, what are they? $65. For a free Bahamas cruise. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. And so she's like, well, just great. Can I have your credit card information? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds really smart. Here it is. Um, Which I never do. I'll say for the record, I do actually, my day job is in finance. So this is horrifying (laughs) to admit. Um, So I give her my credit card information and she's like, great, great. Before I process this, I'm going to put you on a brief hold. And I'm like, cool. So she does, and the person that comes back is not friendly Joyce. It's this loser named Dustin, who I will say had the most flamboyantly gay voice I've ever heard. I know that's a stereotype, but stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And he was like, hi, Lindsay. I'm not going to do the voice. I was, like, was going to say, is that your voice? <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice. I don't. I can't do the voice, but anyways, like, hi, Lindsay. I'm, I'm here to like talk to you about a VIP cruise package for you and your husband. And I was like, Mm-mm. I don't have a husband. And he was like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, 
I don't want one. Like, it's totally fine. <laughs> but he ended up being really rude to me and just, like, really condescending. And he just kept trying to upsell me things. And I was like, I can't afford to take a cruise right now. Because <laughs> Because <laughs> it, it went from being a free cruise to an upgraded 11-night stay, half in Miami, half in Orlando. I was, <laughs> he was like, you'll have four nights in, in, I don't know, someplace in the Bahamas, and you'll be on the ship for two days. There's the rental car involved. There's ocean views. It was long. It was like 20 minutes. And I kept saying, no, I can't commit to that. I can't commit to that. I can't commit to $1,400 when first you told me it was free. And so he's like, well, what's your problem? And I was like, well, first of all, (laughs) two things. One, I don't have a husband, so I don't know who I'm going to bring on this frigging cruise. So I can't just commit to a $1,400 thing without first finding someone. He's like, well, you have 18 months to find someone. You really think you can't find someone in 18 months? Because that's when the deal expires. And I was like, no, I'm certain I won't have a problem finding someone. Anyway, we go back and forth a bit. And he's (laughs) like, what kind of a down payment can you put? And I was like, I don't know. What are my options? He's like, what about $700 down payment? And I was like, Dustin, my credit card's maxed. I can't give you $700 right now. And he was like, well, how much can you put down? And so I'm like... Uh, yeah, just one sec, I'll check. And I'm like touching like buttons on my phone. And I'm like, yeah, I can probably afford blank. Hung up on him <laughs> on purpose. I made it seem like we got cut off. So then I got a bunch more calls from the same number all afternoon. So now I'm ghosting a gay Bahamian <laughs> VIP cruise expert who I didn't like because of his attitude. <laughs> And I did right away call TD Visa and get my card canceled, just in case. (laughs) That's smart. Yeah. You know, I might just say that that story was also my laugh of the week because (laughs) (laughs) you told it to me earlier. It was funny then and it's funny now. uh, And I have nothing else to add to that. Yeah. So, so you, you, the happy ending, uh, no cruise. No, it's not a happy ending. (laughs) No cruise charged to your cards. Not that I know of. Yeah. Right. Happy yeah. ending, no credit card fraud. You can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOL You're Gay Pod. That's spelled L O L U R G A Y P O D. And on Facebook.com slash LOL You Are Gay Pod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at lolyourgaypod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music.